Grace, mercy, and peace be with you. From God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father. Amen. This morning we look at the book of the prophet Isaiah, the 44th chapter, verse 6. Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and I am the last. Besides me, there is no God. This is the word of God. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, who said, I and my Father are one, dear friends in Christ. A few years back, in the glory days of the Seattle Seahawks, they went to two Super Bowls, back-to-back years. The team had an interesting way of getting psyched up for a game. Players would all crowd together in a tight little circle, and the circle would rhythmically begin to sway back and forth, and a chanting would start. One player would say loudly, we're all we've got. And the other players would immediately reply, we're all we need. The swaying and chanting would continue, increasing in volume and intensity until the players were all shouting at each other the words, we're all we've got, we're all we need. We're all we've got, we're all we need. It was a crude but effective way of expressing two important truths the one obvious one, that they couldn't expect any help from anyone else. They were on their own. But the other one, too, that they didn't need any help from anyone else because they were completely self-sufficient. A similar message resonates throughout the pages of Holy Scripture, including the passage I read to you just now, only it focuses on God, not us. Is there really only one true God, as the Bible claims? And if so... How can a single God supply all the needs of lost mankind? The answers lie in our text for today. Our theme is a simple one. The true God is exclusive. He's all we've got, but he's all we need. Isaiah was God's messenger to a rebellious and sinful people of Judah. They still claimed to worship Jehovah God, but they indulged in the worship of other gods as well. They still claimed to trust Jehovah to protect them from foreign invaders. But they were hedging their bets a little bit on that one, too. The king and his people were careful to cultivate alliances with foreign powers like Egypt and other nations to offset the threatening power of Babylonia gathering in the north. You see the logic. In effect, they were saying, yes, Jehovah's, we've got that. But he's not all we've got. We're holding a few other high cards just in case. Isaiah said this is all a fantasy because the true God is utterly exclusive. He's all you've got. Without him, your doom is certain. Isn't that true about us as well? The one true Jehovah God is all we've got. If only we believed that. But most people, when they hear a preacher make a statement like that, they begin to make a few mental reservations. Yes, God is my portion. On the other hand, I'm young and strong. Yes, it's good to have faith, but it's pretty nice to have some money tucked away in a bank account, too. Yes, my trust is in God, but I'm a pretty intelligent person. Most things I can figure out for myself. In short, we start to believe that God 
isn't all we've got. We begin to fear, love, and trust in other things besides God. And that's very dangerous because the Lord has some pretty convincing ways of reteaching us the first commandment when we need it. He'll take away the health. He'll empty the bank account. He'll touch your life with weakness to remind you where your true strength lies. We Christians have to be clear about this, and nowhere is that clarity more important than when it comes to sin and salvation. During this final portion of the church year, we're reminded that the great and awful day of judgment is hurtling toward us at breathtaking speed with every passing day. It's relentless. And of the thousands of deities that people on the surface of this globe worship, only one can deliver you from that terrible day. Beside me there is no God, says Jehovah. No one can save you but me. You certainly can't save yourselves, mired and steeped in sins and transgressions as you are. As Paul says, by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified in his sight. No, the true God is very exclusive. When it comes to salvation, he's all we've got. Mark Twain once observed, people say, don't put all your eggs in one basket. I say, do put all your eggs in one basket and then watch that basket. Like it or not, we Christians have all our eggs in one basket. The true God is exclusive for the spiritual as well as for the material. He's all we've got. Thankfully, the other part of that is true as well. He's all we need. Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts. That word Redeemer, as you may know, is the familiar Hebrew word goel. It's familiar. Back where we lived in Puyallup, Washington, there was even a church named Goel Church. And for good reason because this is such an important Bible word, the verbal form means to buy back, to pay the necessary ransom price to free someone from a prior obligation, even to pay the price necessary to purchase someone's freedom when they're a slave. Bless the Lord, O my soul, who redeems your life from destruction, says King David. I know that my Redeemer lives says the patriarch Job. It's such an important term because it expresses so precisely what it is that Jesus has done for us, our goel. We who were sold into slavery to sin, he freed with his sacrifice. We who had corrupted our way and merited only eternal condemnation, Jesus bought back with his blood. As the writer to the Hebrew says, Christ came as high priest of the good things to come with the greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands that is not of this creation. Not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. When it comes to salvation, he's all we've got, but he's all we need. As Paul told the people in Antioch, Through this man is preached to you the forgiveness of sins, and by him everyone who believes is justified from all the things which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. You know, Jesus reminds us that heaven is also 
a very exclusive place, and few there be that find it. But Jesus is our sufficiency for that, too. He is everything to us. The first and the last are A and our Z, and that redemption he accomplished for us is all we need to number ourselves among those blessed few who will pass through the gates of the new Jerusalem on Judgment Day. Yes, the true God is very exclusive. So may each of us learn to come humbly to his throne of grace each day, repenting of our sins and confessing, Lord, you're all I've got. There is no other God, no other support for me. But may we also praise him. Praises that will begin here, but will ring down through endless ages and eternity. Lord, you're all I need. Amen. We'll conclude this morning with stanzas one and four of hymn 347. <clears throat> 